0: let me i'm like i don't know what you want me to do i did it well i have like short shorts on so i'm not like just straight up like naked under my t-shirt so this is this is what you did you're like look there's clover oh and sophie and then it was boop crash (laughs) all right should we start this shit though yes hey friends welcome to episode 71 71 71 of i'm sorry what the podcast i'm amanda i'm christina welcome back welcome 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 from all so, to you so before <laughs> i forget to tell you i gotta tell you the story about so the woman who cooks at my center her name is shelly she is like our biggest fan. Okay? Oh, Shelly. And she's always like, coming in laughing with me about things that we talked about. And so she listened to last week's episode. And she goes, and I was in the kitchen getting stuff. And she goes, and what he said, four clicks in, it made me clench. And she was talking about it. And then she goes, huh, just, you know, and she like spreads her, her legs and she's just like licks in <laughs> and the uh there were maintenance guys for the air conditioning there yesterday <laughs> or that day and they come into the back of the kitchen from the back door as she's standing like this and i'm <laughs> laughing and they're like having fun <laughs> and she's like oh just licks in you know <laughs> and they're, like they're like what the f- what the fuck is that <laughs> and I walk out just laughing and then you later on get she, it. right later on she comes into me and she goes gotta tell you something I realized I made tuna sandwiches for lunch <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and <laughs> she's like and they walk in as I'm doing that so <laughs> I was like oh my god Shelly that's too good she goes feel free to share I'm like don't worry I will uh <laughs> did uh should I tell them about my conversation with the doctor's nurse today uh yeah <laughs> okay so funny story for me so I get a call today and obviously I have my lady doctor appointment and like every however many years like they check for because she told me she's like you haven't done any std checks you haven't done an HPV check up in a while so i'm just gonna run the full gamut of blood work and everything just to you know well and i mean when you're sexually active they do right. it on a regular basis too right so she was just like let's 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 do this because it's been a while and i was like fine whatever didn't think anything of it got a phone call today normally i don't know if your doctor has this but mine has like a my chart so i they just yep. sent me like the update saying hey Test results came back. Everything's normal. And so unless something's serious, they don't call you. So then I get a phone call today and they're like, hi. It was a voicemail, first of all. And it was like, this is from so-and-so's office. Give me a call back. We have some results for you. And I was like, the fuck? What test did I take that I have? I'm like, what results? Like, And then I'm like, oh shit, they did a pap smear. Did it come back? Did I have cancer? Like, what the fuck what? is going on? <laughs> So then I call her back. And I wrote it down like word for word. So I have to find my text message just because I want I don't want to fuck it up. Mm. So (laughs) she was like, sounded really hesitant and like uncomfortable with what she was calling me about. So she was like, Hi, I was just calling to give you your test results. And I was like, what test results? I don't what are you talking about? She's like, Oh, your lab results. And I was like, you're not ringing any bells, lady. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh well, your doctor. Um, it looks like she, uh, she did some like STD screenings, like with a question at the end." And I was like, "Um, I'm like, what is Why are you calling me? Is it bad news? What does that mean?" I was like, "What? What? <laughs> Who do I have to kill? Like, what is happening here?" And she's like, "She's like, no, no, it's not bad news. Everything's clear." And I was like, "Jesus." Christ, couldn't you have sent that on my (laughs) (laughs) chart? I was like, I nearly peed myself. And she was like, so do you have any questions? (laughs) I was like, no. Thanks for your call. (laughs) (laughs) The fuck uh are you doing calling me with those results? Why are you you so concerned about telling me that I'm good to go? (laughs) This is not this is a happy call <laughs> oh gosh and then today was jeans. to top it all off i was in jeans when we had that conversation because today was like casual you can wear jeans and it was disney shirt day so i wore my princess bride shirt and i was like mm, i'm gonna put jeans on i was like two hours into my day and i'm like why the fuck am i wearing jeans these are so uncomfortable so- <laughs> this is not a reward i am <laughs> uncomfortable I have to wear jeans every freaking day. Sounds fucking terrible. I'm so now I'm straight up Winnie the Pooh in it. Yep, me too, man. Nice broad shirt because pants suck. They suck. Ball sacks. Amen to that. Ball sacks. Yuck. So, so a good week. So we're back at work. Both both of us, I guess. Other than Ralphing part of the week. Yeah, dude, that was so fucking weird. I'm, like, hyper today. I don't know if it was the Laffy Taffys I just ate or I'm all <sighs> high on fucking sugar or what, but, um, who's I gonna fucking say? Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Tuesday, Tuesday I had off because I had a doctor's appointment. And Mom and I, like, went to the doctor. We did, and I got my car fixed, so I have air conditioning now. Thank the Lord. Um, and. Must Kia, be nice. Kia dealership who fixed it. Um, and Mom and I were both, we both had, like, a bagel from uh Dunn Brothers. Or not Dunn Brothers. Caribou. Fuck. Um, we got the... The, the Einstein bagel? We got the pretzel bagel with the garlic and herb schmear. Mine favorite. Mine favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. And, <laughs> um... <laughs> And then the rest of the day, we both just kind of felt off. She got, like, she didn't feel good, um like, Tuesday night. And I, I mean, I kind of felt okay, but my stomach was a little upset. Um But then I felt fine Wednesday morning, so I went to work, and I had a ham and egg sandwich. And I was halfway through it, and I went, Hoo! and I, like, ran to the <laughs> the bathroom, puked. And then um I came out of the bathroom cuz sometimes my tummy my tiny tummy just gets mad so I was right. just going to go back to my desk and do work son and <laughs> my boss like saw me come out and he went why do you look weird and i was like oh i'm just kind of clammy i just puked and he was like you got to leave and i was like get out i was, I was like i was just going to go back to me. he's like no it's like covid rules man you got to go home <laughs> and i was like you don't got choice <laughs> i was like oh cool so i was only there for like a half an hour and then I came home and I, the rest of the day, my stomach was just rolling. And then around like four or five, it was like, just kidding. You're all better now. So you must have had like a 24 hour bug yeah. or something. Hold um, on. Hold on. Pause. My Thomas was calling me this whole time while I was talking and telling that story. But I, okay. What? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Thomas interrupted us with a phone call. He called me, said, what's up? And then I said, I don't know, dude, you called me. And then he said, hold on and put the phone down. And then I'm listening to him talk in the background. And I'm like, dude, we're busy, I'm busy. (laughs) So anyway, Amanda forgot what she was gonna say. Yeah, I'm trying to think you said, oh, one of our centers closed down because there was not a COVID case, but an exposure um, for two weeks. Awesome. So now we know what the protocol is if something happens. Your shit shuts down. For 14 days. For 14 days. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's all I was thinking of because you were talking about COVID rules, you know? COVID rules. COVID uh, doesn't rule. COVID sucks. <clears throat> yeah. Fuck you, COVID. Fuck you, COVID. You're just um, a bunch of shit. Jerks. Shit fuck shit jerks. Shit, you're shit. You're just a bunch of shit Shit, shit jerks! <laughs> All right, Linda's gonna be home soon, and then she's gonna interrupt me. Okay. okay, tell me a story. All right, I'm going to tell you about uh, what am I gonna tell you about? I don't know. You tell me. Oh, no, I've got another survival story. For oh them. my gosh, you are so positive these days. I know. Don't worry, the next one's gonna be, gruesome. Do you know what you're gonna do for our big seventy five fiver? nope three quarters of a way to a hundo hey maybe we should do uh anyone got any suggestions for 75 Ooh. or ooh. i wonder if anybody's got any like close encounter stories close encounters of the what like aliens anything tell tell us all your weird macabre shit your spooky stories anyway back to my story (laughs) back to me all right (laughs) okay so january 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 <laughs> uh, 31st 2004 uh sheriff christopher schmalling uh remembers that it was remember that it was bitterly cold um saturday night in racine wisconsin so you fucking know january nights okay for those of you not in the midwest like the upper midwest like upper midwest if you go outside in january at night the air hurts your face the air hurts your like face. you know those funny memes that you see on facebook where it's like where do i live where the air hurts my face no for real it fucking hurts your face like it freezes your nostrils freezes your eyeballs it gives you like an instant if it's windy like ice cream headache from the outside you don't even get any ice cream and it is legitimately colder than Antarctica. It's true ball. True balls. <laughs> Starting a new saying. True balls, man. Balls, man. Gotcha. <laughs> but for real, it's fucking cold. January's like the coldest month. It's real fucking cold. So just keep that in mind through this whole fucking story. Bitter. It's bitter cold. So he described it as the air so frigid that it even hurt to breathe. Which yep. is true, yes, because you breathe in the cold air and then it's in your lungs and your body like spasms because it's like, hey, it's really fucking cold. <laughs> you just shallow <laughs> breathe so that you don't hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Give yourself instant fucking pneumonia. <laughs> um. So he was actually heading into the police station to question a suspect of a missing person while in the next county over police officers were following up a lead on that missing person's case um it was that of pregnant terry Gendusa. okay you're gonna remember this when i tell you this so they pried the lock off a storage unit uh which was a six foot by eight foot room until they uh and they immediately saw two very suspicious suspicious don't be suspicious sorry don't be suspicious (laughs) a baseball bat with what appeared to be dry blood caked on it and a garbage can with the lid duct tape shut never a good sign the only container present that was big enough to hide a body so they peeled the tape off the opening lid and opened the lid and were horrified to find a woman crumpled up in the fetal position her eyes were swollen shut her toes so black with frostbite, it looked like she was wearing socks. And oh. even more um, believable, she was still alive. And the storage unit belonged to her ex-husband, David Larson. Oh my god! Okay, okay. Do you remember this? No. Oh, oh! You're in for a surprise. Okay, not really. I just fucking told you. You did it. Um. Anyway, <laughs> not. <laughs> um not long after they married uh terry began to see her husband david's true nature uh he would yell at her if the window curtains were out of place or if the towel towels weren't folded a certain way uh he insisted she keep the door open when she was showering or using the bathroom um, she was so afraid of his explosive reactions to just simple accidents, like, for example, breaking a glass. She would throw away any of the evidence in the neighbor's garbage can to avoid arguing with him about it. Oh, my God. On one occasion, he, like, lost his shit because um, she had thrown away freezer-burned sausage, and she was wasting his money. Oh, okay. Yeah so terry remembered terry um in her interview she does a couple she did a couple interviews um one was in i survived obviously another one was like a dateline episode um and when she was interviewed she remembered the fight that kind of made her go this dude's fucking nuts was uh she was making dinner and had all of the ingredients out on the counter and her husband demanded she put the package of noodles away before they went bad the uncooked pasta okay sure right and her response was do you want to eat dinner or not they're dry noodles (laughs) that a girl and see it's comments like that that would get me the shit beat out of me in a situation like this because it would just be constant it's like um i say that but okay anyway stop touching me with your creepy paw dog she keeps like grabbing my thigh it's weird um anyway sorry my dog's laying right next to me focus uh so David responded that it didn't matter if he made sense or not she was to do as he said because it was his house. Um the argument escalated <laughs> like your mm, 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 Oh this. okay. Oh my house. Um so the argument escalated until Terry found herself basically running down the basement stairs. She had no other place to go because David had installed locks on the inside of all of the doors in the house that he, only he had the keys to. Uh, And she thought to herself, I'm 30 years old, sitting in a box in my basement, hiding from my husband. What the hell am I doing? So that was basically kind of the catalyst for her filing for divorce. Um, They had two young daughters together, and Terry knew he would eventually abuse them too. Um, So she said she took the children and went to live at a shelter. Mm -hmm. Um, She said she was in fear for her life. Uh, and on the day they divorced, David walked up to her in the courtroom and said, you're going to regret this, and walked away. So oh. three years later, so this was three years later. Three uh, years? Yes. So wow. okay. Harry had basically kind of turned her life around, um, making sure my microphone was on all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> I he, feel like I couldn't hear you if it wasn't. Well, unless it was using the computer microphone. Um um so three years later she had turned her life around she'd met and married a man named nick Nikolai, um who loved her and her daughters and they had recently learned that they were expecting uh but the divorce from david had kind of they were like in the middle of a bitter legal battle um terry kept fighting for full custody um her responses always was he's violent towards me why would he should he be left alone with our kids but the court wasn't impressed um with that response basically and was impressed with the fact that the father wanted to spend time with his children what the fuck yep oh that my. was actually what, what the court said he was impressed that the father wanted to spend time with his children so he wasn't going to take away full custody well you know it's not that he wants to spend time with them it's that he wants to control the situation clearly that's his thing Mm-hmm. oh my god um, okay david continual continued to verbally and physically assault Terry whenever she would drop the kids off or pick them off, pick them up, pick them off. <laughs> pick them off. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> both of us. <laughs> Sorry. Pick them up. Um, it got so bad that she began insisting they exchanged the kids in public places like McDonald's or the hardware store. Um, she had to call the police twice and eventually had to file a restraining order against him. And even though the order barred David from possessing weapons he still kept firearms in the house because it did not allow for police to go and collect the weapons. So it's like a loophole in the barring of it. Yeah. Um, David was still living in the house they had shared while married in conditions that bordered on hoarding. Um, he had held onto mementos from their wedding, including her dress, photo albums, and video footage, which he showed the girls regularly as proof that mommy doesn't keep her promises um so terry or david had called on um because it was january 31st so it was new year's eve he had called and said hey can you come pick the kids up they want to spend it with you they're at my house do you want to come get them um so she was he seemed kind of like calm that day and despite like her misgiving she was like yeah i'll go get the kids Right. So, when Terry arrived, David was uncharacteristically calm. Um, it was actually three years to the day since their divorce was final. Um, he said the girls, then six and four, were playing hide and seek and wanted Terry to find them. So, even though her gut told her not to, she didn't want her to disappoint her kids and she stepped inside the house. So, I, I, I. Fast forward to about three hours later, um, when Terry and the girls were supposed to be back uh, and they hadn't shown up, Nick called the police. When he gave dispatchers David Larson's address, they recognized it because earlier a breathless woman had placed a phone call to 911 and given the same address. Deputies were already there, but the house was empty. They questioned neighbors who said they'd seen David towing Terry's car earlier that morning. Uh, then a second call to 911 came in. This time, the woman stayed conscious long enough to give her authorities critical information. Her name was Terry Jendusa Nikolai. Her ex-husband was trying to kill her, and she was in the back of his green pickup truck. She said nothing about her daughters, and the call disconnected. Okay. So they returned to David's home, trying to find Holly or Amanda, uh, which were her daughters. What they found instead made... um. Like the case extremely urgent they found black wet pants that matched nick's description of what terry had been wearing that day a large blood stain on the carpet and an empty handgun case oh shit! Um, okay so they were operating under the assumption that terry had been badly assaulted and david was armed there were nearly a 100 law enforcement officers set out following leads in the case uh, volunteers who had never met terry or spent the afternoon driving around unfinished neighborhoods searching the basements of incomplete houses for any sign of her um, and this was, this lasted for over 26 hours when an amber alert returned nothing police waited for david to report to his job as an air traffic controller but there were no signs of terry or the daughters in his car when he showed up officers told him his ex-wife was missing and asked him to come down to the station um, so detectives chris smalling and thomas Naus would spend six and a half hours questioning david when it all was said and done He told them that Terry hadn't shown up to pick up their daughters, so he had dropped the kids off at his girlfriend's house before heading to work. They did check on the location and relieved to find the children. Both girls, they were at his girlfriend's, and they were unharmed. Um, The detectives described that they would beg him, um, trying to get him to give some information as to what happened to Terry. Um, And he would get emotional, um, but would respond like kind of defensively okay Um, he eventually ended up telling them that terry had attacked him and he responded in self-defense and the rest was all a blur um so they detained him and in doing so they confiscated what personal belongings david had on him which included a wallet with business cards and receipts and inside they found a card for a storage facility near the town where david had owned property and they were able to confirm that he had actually visited that storage unit that morning. So that's how they found the storage unit. Get him. Get him. Um, so they found... When police officers found Terry in that unit, her core body temperature was 86 degrees. Holy shit. She was within an hour of dying. Mm-hmm. um, And she had miscarried the baby. Poor so... Thing. David Larson had inflicted such trauma on Terry, including a crushing injury to her skull, um, that they feared they would cause further damage if they tried to move her from the trash can. So they actually left her in the garbage crayon until the paramedics came. Um, and what was most disturbing to Schmalling was Larson was an air traffic controller he could look out the window where he stood in that traffic controller and see the storage facility from his tower. Oh my God. What a psychopath. And know that she was suffering or dead already. Wow. Uh, so, what had happened was he beat her with a baseball bat, shoved her in a garbage can naked. Or, no. Yeah, naked. But she managed to get her cell phone out of her phone pocket and hide it in her hand. So he shoved her in the garbage can. So she was calling from the trash can. Oh my god! Both gosh. times she called 911. Wow. And um, she said David had been so confident in his ability to get away with murder that he hadn't checked her for a cell phone before forcing her into the garbage can he had loaded onto the back of the truck. Stupid ass. He had after brutally assaulting her with a baseball bat um, she, and while it was taking place, she could hear her daughters in the back bedroom crying because they were no longer distracted from the movie that were playing was playing and they were hungry and she could hear them crying about being hungry. Oh my gosh. Um, she said that after she was left to die in the storage unit, Um, her thoughts turned to her family. She said, if you have kids or someone you want to stay alive for, that's enough. Um, and then they asked her about her will to survive, um, and to, um, that she had been screaming for help. Um, and that she just said that it was all for her family, that she kind of stayed alive. So she spent almost seven weeks in the hospital undergoing 10 different operations, Um, and even after she returned home she remained wheelchair bound for several more weeks she said of her deal that she was pissed that she could no longer jog and at least for a while couldn't get upstairs to tuck her daughters into bed at night Uh, but she was grateful that she and her girls were alive and they would never have to see david again um she looking back now though she laughs that the person who tried to take her life ended up losing nearly every semblance of his own yeah um he said when you um, in the detective said when you hear Terry's stories of c- how controlling Larson was you think about where he is now and the fact that he has absolutely no control over anyone he's told when he has to go to bed when to get up and what he needs to do for all the days for the rest of his life good fucker so um, in the 13 years since that event um, Terry has been instrumental in helping with the to draft laws that protect domestic violent victims like wisconsin's Safe act which takes guns out of the hands of the abusers because david had threatened terry with the same gun he was supposed to have turned over as part of the restraining order um yeah. the that law gives more authority to sheriff's deputies who previously couldn't take an abuser's firearm without an actual warrant mm-hmm. um so Terry's story actually aired in March as the premiere episode of Oxygen's female-focused true crime series, Three Days to Live. Really? Um, and that title comes from the statistic that for every hour after a woman is abducted, the chances of finding her alive diminish greatly within the first 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few years after the abduction, Terry and Nick welcomed a son who's now nine, um, when asked how she found the strength to live on the bitterly cold night she was left to die in, Terry quotes Nancy Reagan by saying, a woman is like a tea bag. only in hot water do you realize how strong she is. Amen. Which is beautiful. Perfect. Uh, so Larson was convicted of in Racine County Circuit Court in August of 2005 of attempted first degree intentional homicide and two counts of obstructing child custody and sentenced to 37 years in prison. And then in August of 2008, I believe he was, um, he was charged with additional things, but they didn't really, oh, it was conviction for kidnapping and interstate domestic violence. Okay. Because he worked, he lived in Illinois, I think, or maybe it was the other way around. It was something about, he crossed state lines. lines. Yeah. Yeah. So he was sentenced to life in prison for that. Uh, He appealed the life sentence saying that the judge's sentence was unreasonable he also said the criminal statute used, his pro- used to prosecute him was unconstitutional. Uh, he was subjected to double jeopardy because he was prosecuted in both state and federal courts. And finally, that police conducted an illegal search during their investigation. The court um, rejected all three of his appeals. Um, she said the statute was legal Evidence of the search was irrelevant to the conviction and double jeopardy was not an issue because federal charges are different from state charges. Um, and then finally, the life in prison was an appropriate sentence for Larson. Um, Larson's life sentence was not unreasonable, either on its own terms or because the judge's decision to impose it was based primarily on the miscarriage. So because yep. he killed the baby, it was almost it was a homicide. Yeah. Um, which I don't understand that. Because if you kill a pregnant woman, it's double homicide. But that same woman can walk into any abortion clinic and have an abortion and it's fine. I'm just,
1: we're not getting into it, but I'm just saying. That's because it's
0: not voluntary at that point. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway. Way to polarize the audience, Nielsen. (laughs) I didn't say either way. I'm just saying it's a little weird. It's fine. I'm fine about it. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Whatever. Everything's fine. fine. We're fine. Moving on. So the sentence is basically, basically she said that the cold, cold blooded brutality of Larson's crimes and the extreme pain and anguish he inflicted, he is deserving of the life sentence. Agreed. He was also donate ordered to donate a thousand dollars every January thirty first that he serves under supervision of the Women's Resource Center in Racine, or a center that helps victims of domestic violence. So anything yeah. he earns in prison, because I think they do earn. For the yeah, prison it's, jobs that they do it's minimal shit right but, but. he has to donate a thousand dollars every year on the date of his um abuse of the date this happened to a domestic violence officer for the rest good. of his life good so what a what a little fucking bitch huh go ahead and fuck yourself david larson which is no kidding yes don't you well I'm pretty sure other people are probably fucking him so (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't have much of a choice there either he's just out of control you know I am like that was my story thoroughly pissed about this guy I'm glad he got like legitimate sentencing me too um all right do you have a story for me I do so all right do you want I'm gonna give you a choice of the two septic tank sam or isador fink are they both like equal lengths um isador fink is a little bit shorter um it's oh there it is i was like why is it not scrolling down um but it's one of those that you can kind of like speculate afterwards so it can still be kind of long let's do the speculate one Wait. Okay. wait no i was gonna say maybe on friday because that gives us more time to like all right so i'll tell you about septic tanks i am is that somebody shoving people in septic tanks because it goes with the theme um yeah okay well let's do it then perfect great just shoving awesome. people in containers that they don't belong in that's what this that's what right. the theme of this episode is unintentionally no. right hey is it in 2004 no, it's in 77. Oh, this is the first time in a while that we haven't had the same decade. I know, right? Both of them are kind of older. But okay. I was like, these are interesting. I take Tell these. me about septic take Sam. And I can just say right now that I don't want any of it. So I don't, I, I can just say, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the way it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so on April 13th of 1977, in Tollfield, Alberta, Canada, We're doing a Canadian one. Montana, (laughs) What? Jesus. So (laughs) this town only has like a population of 1,200, so it's pretty small. At least at the time it did in 77. Um, Charlie McLeod was installing a new septic tank on his property. Uh, He needed a pump for this installation, so he decided that he would just go get the pump from... There was a house on his property that had been abandoned because he bought like multiple property blocks what's and charlie went. gonna find in there yeah so he went to go get this pump from that one right okay and uh, <laughs> i'm scared when it, he took the cover off of uh-uh. the tank uh-uh. he looked into it and he saw a human foot no, sticking no! out just of a, the stinking septic water just a foot the foot just it's, a there's foot. a whole body Okay. I was but like it's just a it's foot. all he sees is a foot. Oh god, that's Oh, can you imagine thinking it's just a foot and then picking it up and realizing it's a whole body, right? <laughs> <No>! um, <laughs> so a, a quote from Charlie Maybe Charlie laugh, was, tell me. Oh my god, tell me. Was <laughs> We went to get the cops real fast because we knew something was wrong. <laughs> we went to get the real Okay, hold on. Let me do right? it. Right. <laughs> We went to get the cops real fasty because eh, we uh, knew something was wrong <laughs> <laughs> pretty much that's what i imagined so he instantly ran and called the mounties you know the rcmp's the mounties they got and, his hats right and they came shortly thereafter so using okay get ready for this tell me everything using ice cream pails oh they scooped the sewage and stinking water out of the septic tank and within about an hour or so they discovered that it was an entire body see i would have thought it being canada they would have used like syrup containers um they have very small spouts so i feel like oh, that makes sense i feel like that'd be difficult you know like you know, really time consuming chug 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 yeah. chug chug yeah. <laughs> i mean you don't make sense okay yeah well maybe whamanos. it was maple flavored ice cream <laughs> oh my god I'm so sorry anybody Everybody in Canada, from Canada... <laughs> fucking hates us right now. <laughs> we're in Minnesota we're basically the annoying Canadian neighbors it's fine it's What's all that? right <laughs> um I'll add you, boo. so the body was wrapped up in a yellow blanket and it was tied by nylon rope Ew. uh it had been dropped headfirst into the septic tank which was oh. only about five feet nine inches deep so so this was a short person well, they were five six, so they weren't like super short, but they were barely fitting basically. Oh, god, that's so gross! So, <laughs> there was also evidence that lye or limestone, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, was put into the tank as well to help de- aid de- decomposition. Yeah. Random fact, though, that I found in one of the articles is that when you put quicklime into Uh, a water base like a large body of water it actually causes things to dry up effectively preserving the body more than actually decomposing it well i would think so so, because that's what quick light does is it dries the body some people are so fucking stupid Stupid. science bitch (laughs) so with with that water it ended up being that it actually made it really goopy in there yeah exactly so um so, it didn't decompose the body very well. It just made it like a sludge in there. It just contained things a little bit. It was bit just more. like a fecal sludge. Yeah. So, thick. it was determined that Hope the body. Hope you guys weren't had- hungry because I'm right. supposed to eat dinner after this. So, <laughs> ah, It's fine. I <laughs> ate while I was doing this. It's not a big deal. Nothing affects research. my tom-tom except some things. Good one, Nielsen. Like bananas. <laughs> oh bananas Mm. banana okay sorry so it was determined that the body had been there for several months possibly up to a year before it was found that's why it like kind of contained the body even better because usually it would be just like smushed no more to be found but i'm wondering if with the blanket it kind of like held everything into place and it you know what i mean um this is me just thinking about it. Too. Just thinking about bodies <laughs> decomposing in the subject tank, NBD. Uh, due to time passing and the lie uh, and being it's 77, it was even hard for them to determine whether it was a male or a female. Okay. Um, they also... So they discovered the body was a man but they had no ID on I was going to say, I mean, I feel like there's a couple of of indicators that puts it one way or the other. Yeah, but if it's decomposed and we're talking like a sludgy skeleton in there, there's not- (laughs) Just like a bag of bones. Yeah, there's not like- Just like a goopy bag of bones. Okay. You know, but they figured out it was a man. Okay, they found the penis. It's fine. There was no ID on him. So in 77, that basically made it impossible to just ID him because there wasn't really the DNA thing happening. Okay. So- so he became known as Septic Tank Sam. Oh, I thought, I thought Septic Tank Sam was the guy shoving people in septic tanks. Nope, it's the guy in it. Oh, it's just, they just, okay, let's continue. Yeah, so here's what is known about Sam. This story took a turn. <laughs> yeah. He died horrifically. Oh, oh, good. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but it's like, he died. Horrifically. <laughs> Was he alive he, when he went in the septic tank? No. no. I don't remember. I don't oh. think so. I don't think so. Because that, um, would, that would be... That's up there on my on my list of ways I don't want to die.
1: Just in being a first in
0: a septic tank? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds right up there punk- with fire. <laughs> sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> so... I'm sorry. I don't know why I come at it with like a cheerleader voice. So then he was tied to a bed and beaten. <laughs> well, so he was tied. More. He was tied to a bed and beaten. There was also evidence that he had been burned by a butane torch <gasps> and cigarettes because See, oh, some of the parts were preserved better than others. So you could find skin in some places because of that quick lie landing in certain places that weren't submerged ew. in water. Yeah. Um gross i know i know he also was his genitals were mutilated which is why they couldn't tell it was a male or a female because there was no evidence no there was no evidence of genitalia they had to go by bone structure uh he was then shot in the head and in the chest oh uh no yeah so he died wearing (laughs) this is my okay sounds terrible my favorite part he died (laughs) wearing blue denim button-up a white tee and blue jeans and brown wallaby shoes so and i'm on denim huh oh yeah a canadian tuxedo you don't know what that's called (laughs) (laughs) for real uh so because he was wearing this they assumed that he was working like on a farm or in construction because that was kind of like or going someplace fancy because he was wearing a tuxedo. He was wearing denim, Nielsen. Okay, Listen okay, to the words. I, I know. I was kidding because you said Canadian tuxedo. I was playing off your words. Yeah. You're such yeah. a bitch. You're a bitch. bitch? Anyway, so he was 5'6". six. <laughs> okay. um, was a tiny little man. <laughs> he was smaller than average. Um, He's right-handed. He had dark hair, like black or very dark brown um he so was either hair. at this time he was either they said he was either white or native they estimated that he was around the age of 28 years old and according to his bones experts believe that he had suffered some sort of serious inj- like illness when he was 5 years old that made them less dense um okay so he most likely worked as a laborer like i said and they said that they assumed because of like diet and everything that he didn't have like a steady home to speak of he was kind of a drifter and worked his way into like places to stay basically mm-hmm. um because the the crime was so brutal they believe that whoever did it to the did it to this man was someone that the victim knew um because it seemed like it, there was more passion behind it than just like randomly picking someone off but then there's psychopaths that do that you know what i mean like the toy box killer and shit which again it's 77 so all that is still getting developed all those profiles and stuff so i'm like they probably don't quite have that yet when they were assuming this um And they also thought that the killer was local because who else would know of an abandoned house with a septic tank behind it to be prepped enough to wrap this with quicklime, throw it into the tank. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. Charlie was cleared. Oh, good. I was really concerned about Charlie. I know. (laughs) Charlie. So uh, anyway, so the house had only been abandoned for like a year and a half, two years. So it's not like it's been there forever and didn't, so someone had to be around to know that. um The city was scared that maybe someone around them was a killer and they had no idea. And like in all of the articles and the little like, cause there was no like documentary on this, cause I <laughs> like to like watch something, read stuff so that I can kind of get all the views. There's just like little snippets of things. And in all of them, they were like, and they were afraid that. There was a killer among them. Maybe they were interacting with them every day. Like, that sort of shit. And I'm yeah. like, okay, drama. But, I mean, also, possibly. Yeah. Uh, the RCMP put a good amount of time and energy and resources into trying to find the identification of septic tanks. I feel so bad saying that, but that's what they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, spending over a million dollars on on it, it and having start. the body... Huh? i said maple syrup (laughs) (laughs) on maple syrup over a million dollars on maple syrup (laughs) to help identify septic sam um so they had him exhumed two times to do new technology like based things on on the body Mm -hmm. so in 1979 they re exhumed him and reconstructed his skull and also during that time they found a found that sam was actually most likely 35 years old not 28 and um not caucasian they okay. he was a native um dna samples were taken at that time as well and they reconstructed or and they like sent out um the reconstruction to different papers and stuff uh he was compared to over 250 missing people and his dental records were sent to over 800 dentists in the area like as far as they could go uh the comparison was made and they published it like his dental records in like Canadian dental magazines which apparently are a thing um (laughs) I guess I never really thought about it and they also published different things nationwide to try to get some sort of identification um but there has been no they don't know who they have no idea no idea um over the years there have been many theories on sam but all of them kind of just kind of petered out it was like oh let's see this and then no just kidding that's not mm-hmm. that doesn't work doesn't make sense um so there's been many theories and some some people think maybe it was some sort of revenge or like for him portray- doing like some sort of child molestation considering the genital. Genital genital mutilation like some sort of yeah. weird revenge on that um or rape but right exactly some sort of revenge is what they're thinking probably was a thing especially since i mean not saying that everybody who's roaming is terrible but like he didn't have like much of an identification to mm-hmm. but then know, the person who killed him could have done taking care of all of that too so right so no one really knows. Even with like everything, there's been no break in the case. It's still cold. Um, without ID of Sam, it's damn near impossible to try to ID anybody who killed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, victimology and stuff. Except and then King Sam, I've never King heard Sam. of this. And one of the original detectives had even said that he doubts it'll ever be solved, quoting. Sam will never be identified Mm -hmm. he he's they put a lot of effort into this and still nothing came of it so they're like we don't know what else to do unless someone just comes forward and says oh I know who this is or "Oh, I did it or there's like Mm -hmm. a deathbed confession or something right so it's unsolved is what yeah it is like extremely unsolved and you should see it the uh you should see the reconstructions of his skull they're kind of creepy um oh i'm so excited let me just go ahead and pull this up and show go you there pull that up chrissy. and tell me it chrissy chrissy i know it's your favorite i think you've probably seen this picture because i feel like no. i've seen this picture oh god that's terrifying but this is what they think he looks that reminds me like. okay that reminds me of um what's his nuts this, the doll the guy makes out of that dude's body. The chick's body. Oh, um, Carl Tanzler. Yeah. Tonsler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. No, so I thought it was really interesting. I had never heard of it before. No, that is good. Hey, good job. I've kind of gotten really into the unsolved things recently. I find them kind but of baffling. like to have gratification. I know. I know. I should probably do more not unsolved things, but... I just find them interesting, cause it's like, what happened? What the fuck happened? What? What happened? What happened? But, but yeah, septic septic tank, Sam. That was someday a good day, maybe. Good job. Hey, thanks. Hey, you're welcome. You are just too hey. cool for school. Hey. Hey, what? Bring it in. Get here Bring a little it. closer. Shh. Come here. This is virtual hey. hug. Get in are here. you gonna? Are you gonna kiss me? you done good kid <laughs> <laughs> thanks I needed that <laughs> oh my gosh okay guys so don't forget follow the things on the things Facebook Instagram like comment make interact with us I got yes, I got please. I got people to interact for a little bit
1: I know I saw I your post t-
0: your what t- or that was like either or ask me either or questions or I was like oh. good job Look, guys look at you guys just commenting and and interacting do that more send us suggestions Mm -hmm. send us ideas what do you want to hear who what story do you want us to tell you what's what story what kind of stories do you want us to tell you what how what is your one of you (laughs) what color underwear are you wearing okay don't don't send us that that could go in a really weird direction hashtag <laughs> roast me have people send pictures of themselves so we can roast them oh my gosh that would be so fun but also sounds so like a mean. great way to lose listeners <coughs> all right we're I'm not hungry, nice so you can know can we get this can we wrap this bitch up i'm hungry okay after listening thanks to that. guys <laughs> thanks guys we love you you're you're the bee's niece and his elbows just t- his tiny little elbows. Um, all right, guys. Spread the word. That. Wait, stop Aww. and think about it for a second. Just tiny little bee elbows. All I think about is the stinger. <laughs> I doesn't have an elbow. All I think about is the bee butt. Man is all about that ass. All about the donk. The badonk. Get it, a bee. <laughs> spread the word. Spread yourselves. But not your badonk. <laughs> Give a note. don't spread that <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> <laughs>